airing the Addisons. Well, let me say this as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you for joining us. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B. is over in Studio CC. We are going to continue discussing uh, the documentary In His Image today. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kendra White will join us to talk about that, and we're looking forward to it. But um, we got to start off the program by acknowledging just the sad and somber news today that uh, Herman Cain is dead at the age of 74 as a result of uh, COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just really sad. Like, that's yeah. that's one of those things where, you know, you read the information. And um, I, I want to say just a couple of days ago, I was reading an article that um, was dispelling, I guess, the myth that was in circulation that Herman Cain had passed. And so, you know, I was reading that story and I was like, okay, you know, um, because it's, it's kind of jolting you kind of read a story that says um, um, Herman Cain's team is responding to um, false information that he has died as a result Mm -hmm. of uh, the coronavirus. And then here we are a couple of days later and that in fact proves to be true. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just really, really sad. And and also some of the information that I've seen, I've tried not to read um, much of it because um, you know, it's one thing I think for us to think, people think certain ways about each other. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But then when you read it right. and um, you you see certain things coming from people, and I'm not just talking about people who have um, recognizable names. I'm, I'm talking about people who are coming up in my news feed who are making comments and saying things, you know, that I think um, reveal something about them that they probably don't want people to know. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? About like the condition or the state of their heart. But yeah. Anyway, um, that's one of the the news headlines today. How are you processing that? Yeah, yeah, the same way. I mean, you know, my 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 thing is, um, you, you see some of the the comments and things like that, and it's like, uh, okay, it, it's almost used as a as a tool <laughs> to say, look, you guys are not serious, or this is what happens when you know, and I'm like, man. Uh, it's just a, it's it's sad, you know. It's sad. It's a sad situation. Mm-hmm. I I think you know that we do need to take things seriously. You know, I think we mm-hmm. do need to uh, take all the measures that we need to to take. But at the same time, I hate that everything is so political. You know, yeah. That's that's. I yeah, guess but that's I don't I don't think I I guess the thing the here's the connection that I'm finding difficult to make here. I don't think that there have been people who have not taken it seriously. And I think that there's different, um, I guess, displays of what people consider serious, right? So when we talk about COVID-19, like, Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I've looked at this virus and treated it as if it did not exist or that it was a conspiracy. And in fact, even in talking to people um, directly who are in the medical profession, 
Um, this is real. This is this is happening. We have also friends who are nurses who are saying, you know, they are treating patients. I mean, this is this is real. I don't think that people right. are not taking it seriously. Right. But I think one of the things that some people and I don't want to overly simplify this and say that it is a conservative versus liberal or d- Democrat versus Republican position. I, I think it's really way more nuanced than that. I think mm-hmm. there are some people who maybe, you know, conservative who have had some firsthand experience with this, maybe the mm-hmm. death of a loved one mm-hmm. who they are way more cautious than maybe a liberal who's thinking, yeah, I'm going to do all this stuff, but, you know, I don't really think I'm going to get it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's as cut down the line as we have made it. But here's the thing, though. I think what what I'll speak for myself here. Okay. You know, I, I think what most people who are fair and trying to assess the situation are doing is they're trying to determine what information is the information that you should trust. Yeah. And, and when you get do. conflicting information, that is very hard to do. <laughs> it's very hard to do. I mean, right now, I thought you were joking yesterday evening when you said to me that Dr. Fauci was recently quoted um, as recommending that people wear goggles. Right. I thought that was like a Babylon B story, right? <laughs> like I thought that's not. And so, but as it turns out, that is actually true. Like yeah. that. Th- so, you know, these are the kinds of things. So now here again, and, and, you know, not to take anything away from just, you know, mourning the loss of, of, of Herman Cain, the death of anyone, you know, mm-hmm. anyone's passing is just as sad. We, it reminds us of the sting of sin, right? That death and that, that separation and that feeling and that pain. But at the same time, I know that there are people who are making this an issue of conservatives versus uh, liberals or, mm-hmm. you know, people who believe the the doctors, quote unquote. And by doctors, I mean Fauci. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, the celebrity ones, the ones that who have um, sort of come up under the protection of media, meaning that they get to um, push whatever they want to push, really. And it is accepted you know, I think the problem here, I think the problem here is that when you read this information, so for example, just this new, this, <laughs> this new information that uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci is suggesting that the best possible protection from COVID-19 is to have your eyes, nose, and mouth covered when you are out. Now, this is the same type of in this interview that he did recently it was like an abc interview i want to say that was posted on instagram or something in this interview um dr fauci gave the same type of jelloed response to wearing the goggles that he initially did with the masks right so basically and i want to i want to quote him here Um, theoretically, he says you should protect all of the mucosal surfaces, right? So your eyes, your nose, your mouth. So if you have goggles or, or an eye shield, you should use it. But then he goes on in this article to say the only reason that they're not really pushing for like the goggles and and things like that is because it's easier for people to just get a face mask. It's easier for people to make a cloth mask. So we're not pushing the goggles because that's not as accessible. That's not as easy. But really, you should have all of this covered. I mean, am I the only one who you read this information and you're that just sounds (laughs) that that doesn't sound like the kind of um, 
narrative that continues to come. We need to all take this seriously. Like mm. if it's if it's that serious. Right. You understand what I'm saying? If it's yeah. really that urgent, then, OK, forget about, you know, well, will we send twelve hundred or won't we send mm-hmm. send everybody goggles? Yeah. If it's that if it's really if we are really at the height of like, you know, oh, my goodness, we got a second wave and and all of these things, then then let's do some of the practical stuff. Yeah. Right. Let's yeah. let's send people goggles. Let's yeah. send them hazmat suits. Let's do. <laughs> and I think that's, you know, and I don't mean to be overly passionate here where it's like not necessary, but I just you know, I think it's a shame mm-hmm. that what will happen and what has already happened with Herman Cain is that the conversation will revolve around, um, well, you see, he didn't take this seriously. Right. You know, and I mean, I, I think that is just unfair. I, I really think that's unfair. Yeah, no, I agree. And it's sad that this is where uh, it will it will turn, you know, like I, yeah. I just and it, it makes me sick. I'm like, man, this is this stuff. You know, I, I hate it. You know, uh, the politics of it. And, you know, and it's like, man, you know, it's, everybody should take it seriously. Do what you need to do, you know, and, and that's it. Like, but don't begin to say, well, this person died because they didn't do this and, and, and start to like kind of to play that game. I think I think that's pretty crazy. I think it lacks compassion. I think I think it's hateful. And mm-hmm. um, and, and I think, you know, if we normalize that, like certainly as a Christian, I don't want that kind of communication to be normalized. Like, I, I, I just think yeah. we have to be very, very careful of that. And and um, to to use this as sort of a um, illustration to, you know, to to make your case. You know what I'm saying? Right. That you see right. these conservatives. This is what this is what they're doing, I think, <laughs> is beneath the people who are doing it. Although I might be overly generous in that. Um, <laughs> I think it's beneath them, but maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. not. <laughs> and, and I think it's confusing to the American people for a person who is in Dr. Fauci's position to now have like at least this, at least the third time where he seems to be sort of um, a real time contradiction, a real time contradiction that you need to have your eyes covered. And then at the same time, but we haven't recommended it yet because you know, it's just so easy. This is a direct quote, direct quote, quote, it's just so easy for people to just make a cloth mask end quote. (laughs) So, Man, yeah. How 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 am I supposed to respond to that? You you understand what I'm saying? Right. And, and for the people who are like, um, these conservatives are not taking it seriously. No, I think. And and again, and I don't you know want to lump everybody into the same lot and and have the same type of reaction. But I want to say that there are those of us who are reading the information, and who are saying, um, when we when we can get to something that's like you know, <laughs> concrete, when mm-hmm. we can understand some things. I mean. Um, early on, there was so much information that was changing every single day, yeah, every single time. day, yeah. you know. And also, I think it's important for um, Christians. We kind of um, ran out of time as we were wrapping up one of the shows this week. I can't remember which one, but I just remember one of the things I wanted to come back and drill down on. I, mm-hmm. I didn't think that we'd be doing this in the light of, you know, talking about Herman Cain's passing. But mm-hmm. Remember that right now in our country, when we we talk about um, virtue signaling, right, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, there are all sorts of new and evolving ways to signal that you are virtuous, that you're a good person. Yeah. Right. And right now in our country, fear is a virtue. That's mm. a virtue. Think about wow. I just want people to think about that. So Man. if you can can demonstrate 
that you are afraid, that you feel your life is daily in peril, then that is virtuous. That so 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 now how do you how do you show that? Mm. How is that immediately recognizable in our culture today? Well, it's wearing the mask, right? It's it's wearing it's, the mask. It, yeah, it's a show of you're taking it seriously if you're fearful. Yes, yes, which but but it also it, it, you're taking it seriously. Um and and that makes you a good person that you're afraid. That makes mm. it's a, you're a you're a good person if you are afraid. And my concern is that Christians are falling into this group. Now look, if if a Christian says, "You know what? I'm going to put on a mask. I'm not sure that it's all that effective." I'm going to put on a mask. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, whatever. And and they're like, and I'm not afraid. Then then that's fine. Right. You know, I mean, I just that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Viva la America. Like, OK, that's great. <laughs> that's what we do. Right. You can do what you want, so to speak. But at the same time, I think there are people who are like, I'm putting on the mask because this is going to save my life. And I'm so afraid. I don't want to go out. I don't I, I can't be around people. The saints can't gather all of these things. And so then the mask and, and, and I'll say this, you know, and, and maybe we'll open the phone lines up if we have some time in the last segment, depending on how our interview and everything shakes out. But listen, I think there are some people who, whether they like it or not, mm-hmm. they are fueling this virtue signaling that is fear yeah. by putting on the mask. Yeah. It's it's like whenever look, whenever celebrities wow. start endorsing these things and, and whenever they come out, it's like, you know, I saw a post a few weeks back uh, mm-hmm. from Jennifer Aniston. I think she's still acting or something, but I saw a <laughs> post from her and um, she was posting a picture of a friend who was like in intensive care on a ventilator mm. and her post, this was just like a few weeks ago. Right. But her post was wear a, wear a mask. And she, she used an expletive in her post, right? Wear a mask. Mm. But here's the thing. You read the whole article and it's like, this is from um, a person who was sick back in April. They've since recovered, <laughs> but she dug out the picture right back from April mm-hmm. to bring it out and say, see, wear a mask. And, and it's like, okay, I mean, yeah, it's legitimate that this person was sick, but right, yeah, you know, yeah. Why not say this is this this was in April? Like that's that's down in the story. Right. It's not it's not the main feature. It's Jennifer Aniston calls people to wear a mask. You know, which again, to me, whenever you can, you know, draw celebrity into this, I don't yep. know. No, <laughs> you're know. right. You're right. Anyway, I'm, I I grieve for the family of of Herman Cain. You know, just terrible loss to have overcome cancer and then um you know yeah for this to happen is very very sad so anyways all right we'll grab the break Aaron the addisons on american family radio and we'll be right back he put that back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We appreciate you listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and it's Unspoken with Reason. And right now, we're joined by one of my favorite people. We are going to make a huge <laughs> shift in the conversation, huge transition there, and uh, talk to our friend, Kendra White, who is the director of the film that we cannot say enough about in mm-hmm. his image. Um, we watched it, and 
Kendra, let me just bring before I go. I'm we're gonna do this like friends. I mean, that's just the <laughs> way we do it, right? Um, you know me well enough to know that I am not going to just say that I like something, right? Like I'm just that's I don't have that in the bank just to be like uh, all you know, honesty like, from Miki Addison. <laughs> always, I mean, I, even when it's uncomfortable, it's like ah, you know, I didn't really like it. <laughs> this, let me just say, Kendra. Um, you guys have done an outstanding mm-hmm. job with this documentary. It is the most expansive and far-reaching documentary that I have seen as far as the information goes, but also the church's response, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's like there's not a stone that was left unturned in this documentary. The testimonials are so powerful um, and just will have, I would say, I say an, an eternal impact Amen. on those who have the opportunity to watch it, but you can tell that you guys put um, nearly two years. You can tell it's obvious that this was not something that was haphazardly That's done. Right. Um, love is woven all throughout this. The tone yeah. is compassionate. That's right. Um, while not sa- uh, sacrificing or compromising on the truth, mm-hmm. and I was just in awe. And 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 I'll say this, and, and then and then we'll get right into you kind of um, telling our listeners a little bit about the process and how the Lord started to stir your heart. One of the things that was obvious to me, Kendra, was that the Holy Spirit really was a part of this. Mm, I mean, amen. the type of wisdom that would be required and the type of compassion and, you know, kind of keeping your eye on the prize throughout this entire process, we know has to be the work of the Holy Spirit. And so I just I just want to say um, glory to God that you guys were willing to kind of wade into this water. This is not um, tepid water. Right. <laughs> no, it is not. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, But you guys did it and you did it with excellence. And I would say for the glory of God. So anyway, I just wanted to get those kudos out of the way. We've been talking about it all this week. Um, Absolutely. My strong conviction that everybody needs to see it. Everybody who is a part of this conversation, uh, if you're on social media, if you had people come up to you and ask you questions and you felt ill equipped to respond, um, this is going to be a film that you want to have in your loving arsenal. Notice I said loving, (laughs) loving, (laughs) loving Arsenal. Anyway, Kendra White, thank you so much for joining us and thank you for this film. Let's just talk about um, how the Lord started moving on your heart and prompting you that this was the next thing that you needed to give your focus to here at American Family Association within your um, ministry Mm. division, AFS. Well, I'm going to get raw with you, Miki. That's good. I mean, that's fine. Um, When we were first approached about doing this project, none of us really wanted to. (laughs) We thought, you know, yes, who wants to be the person that's known? Who wants wants to sign Mm. up for this? Mm -hmm. Um, And yet AFA, the reason AFA leadership approached American Family Studios about doing something on this topic was because we had so many people writing us saying that they had, oh, my daughter, you know, just came out. Um, My son thinks he's a girl trapped in, you know, Mm. a a young woman's body and Mm -hmm. trapped in a man's body. And so that they had so many of these people reaching out. They're like, we need a resource. And so I kind of went on my own personal journey over the last Mm -hmm. two years where I always believed the Bible and what God's word said on this issue, but I have moved from a place of um, silently agreeing 
to mm-hmm. feeling a burning in my bones to reach the lost and hurting with mm. the truth of this message. And now my eyes have been opened to the deception that is there as I've been researching and as I have looked into this. Um, it's like I see the enemy's playbook and the um, you see that these people that are struggling with these issues are dealing with deep-seated hurt mm. and abuse and... Um, we as the church are the people that when, when they turn for, for wisdom, if we are silent, we are doing mm-hmm. a disservice to the body of Christ, to the people that are bound in chains. If yep. we hold the key to, you know, we hold the key, which is the gospel, the mm-hmm. transformative power of the gospel in our hands, but we're too afraid to offer that to them because of political correctness or because mm-hmm. of losing friends on Facebook. Yeah. What does that say of us? Mm. Um, yeah. And so, you know, the last two years has been me honestly understanding the scriptures because I, I knew what God's word said, but I, I couldn't articulate to you whoa, what are the, vo- the the verses that I go to to explain why yeah. is marriage between a man and a woman or why when we talk about the, the topic of gender and um, Mickey, you know, you, some of the conversations that I've had with you, honestly, off air, have been very helpful in understanding what true womanhood is. And you don't even realize mm. it, how you've helped oh, wow. impact me. But I realized if we're going to tell people, you have to live according to the gender that, that God created you to be, I need to define what that is and something beyond just biology, although that's a good place to start. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. looking into the the Word of God, and and it's deeper than just... Um, boys like blue and girls like pink and yes. you know you have to like shopping and wear high heels if you're a girl um, mm-hmm. so what does God's word say about all of this and mm-hmm. so for me digging into scripture and, and getting some brilliant minds we had you know Abraham Hamilton from the Hamilton Corner on mm-hmm. yeah. to talk about what is biblical manhood we had Mary Cassian who did a fantastic series on this um, going into what does it be, mean to be a woman mm-hmm. um, and defining some simple terms that f- passages of scripture that we've all read Genesis one, two, and three, and you think you know the story, and then when you read it carefully with yeah. um, a close lens, and you allow the Holy Spirit to awaken your heart, these are foundational truths, yeah. and and I think you'll realize there's some things that you you moved too quickly through and didn't realize yeah. the full impact of. Mm. Yeah, I want to go back to something you said, um, kind of at the outset here when we started talking about this, and and even like the process that the Lord um, took you through, but moving from you said silently agreeing to the desire to reach the loss. And and I think it's important for us to kind of drill down here because I think that whether we all are willing to admit it or we've even come to grips with it, there's a certain amount of that temptation to silently agree that resides in all of us. And so I kind of want to unpack that just a little bit. Like, you mm-hmm. know, what does that look like when we say, you know, I was I moved from silent agreement like, I yes, the scriptures are true and everybody can stumble upon this truth. It's right there. It's clear. It's in the text, you know, um, to wanting to reach the loss. What is the difference? What does that look like? Well, I'm going to quote from one of the contributors in the film, Laura Perry. Um, and Laura Perry lived um, as a man for eight years. She had sex change surgeries. She was completely living as a man named Jake for hmm. eight years until yeah. God radically transformed her life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she said, um, when when people get tired of being lied to, yes. they don't turn to the people that lied to them. That's they right. turn to the people that told them the truth, even when they didn't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things in her testimony is that her mom 
Bible-believing Christian Mm -hmm. would refuse to call her Jake. Yes. And she said that that, she she would call her honey, you know, she would, you know, (laughs) my love, you know. Yeah. But she avoided using Jake because she said, that's not truth. I'm not going to adopt your reality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And so Laura said, this was, um, that truth was, it tethered me to reality that the rest of the world might have called me Jake, but my mom Mm -hmm. wouldn't Mm -hmm. do it. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I think as Christians, um, it might seem like that's a hateful thing, you know, but we need to be willing to stand on truth and be that one voice that's calling out in the middle of the chaos that says, this is nonsense. This yeah. is not mm-hmm. true. You know, and, and we're seeing that in, in every aspect in the scientific world. We're having doctors and people that, you know, Michelle Cretella, who's in the film, um, mm-hmm. she's a medical doctor and she's speaking out in her field saying, there is an ideology here that is completely non-scientific, and why are we all accepting this? Why are we, mm-hmm. why are we doing this? And I think as Christians, we um, t- to move from silent affirmation to to boldly proclaiming the truth to those we love is is being willing um, to receive a little bit of <laughs> you know the the comments on Facebook that are hurtful or yeah. to not. To, to see your likes <laughs> go down. Mm-hmm. Right, right. <laughs> and that right. sounds so s- simple, but I mean, we as people are created to want that love and that affirmation, and that's where we have to be so rooted in our being created in, in God's image yeah. and the relationship with him that we're not looking to that to, to give us the affirmation that we need. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and I like that the documentary is so clear. And uh, you mentioned that people were calling, you know, because they had situations happening Mm -hmm. in their own home. And we was talking to uh, Stephen Black uh, yesterday. And there's so many different terms out there, the the gay Christian and all this stuff. And it can be so confusing. Uh, And I'm sure you see this as a a resource for for leaders, Mm -hmm. uh, for families, you know, um, because this documentary uh, answers some of those questions Mm -hmm. in a a clear and a biblical way. And the testimonies are so key because the other side, they build their whole argument on testimonies and personal Mm -hmm. experience, Mm -hmm. right? That's right. Mm -hmm. Narrative is key. Yeah. 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 Going by their logic is, well, you can't argue with my truth or my experience. Uh, uh So here are some real experiences of other people who have transitioned and then detransitioned. And the world wants to silence these stories. And you would be shocked, like from talking to Walt Heyer and Laura Mm -hmm. Perry and Stephen Black, the censorship that they've received, Mm -hmm. the death threats that Mm -hmm. they go through just by them wanting to say, this is my story of what God did in my life. And people Mm -hmm. don't want to hear that because the enemy, and this is one of the things that I think has been really key for people in the LGBT community. And it's so deceptive that the enemy wants to say, you were born this way and it can't change. Mm. It's not possible. And you deny the power of the gospel yeah. to mm-hmm. transform That's a right. life. Right. What is this, the scripture that says, you know, having a form of godliness, mm. but denying its power. What yeah. is the power of the gospel if not to help us mm. overcome sin in our mm. lives? Mm. Amen. And Amen. so here are these powerful testimonies that... Um, you can't argue with. Now, of, of course, the film is not just based on experience. We mm-hmm. also right. lay a very firm foundation yeah. of what does the Bible done. say, and, and we cover that as well. That's right. And the science, and, and yes. the science. And that is that is one of the things, all of these three factors, I guess, and, and probably more, is one of the things that I think makes this documentary 
truly remarkable because it doesn't just give the narrative. It's not a collection of testimonies. It's not a collection of sermons, Mm -hmm. right, in short form interview. And it's not just scientific talking points. In fact, it's all of those kind of rolled into one. And it's it is seamlessly done. And I was amazed to see how it all just sort of fit together. One of the things I'm wondering, though, is during this two year process where you guys are collecting all of this information, I know and I know you know that some of this is so sensitive Mm. and you maybe had these moments where you wonder, how can we really cover this Mm -hmm. information genuinely and still have this be something that um, becomes a resource for the church was that was that really oh, difficult? So hard, because and you you know if if you if the average documentary time was six hours, it, my job would have been a heck of a lot easier, you know. <laughs> but you got the, the, the our my generation has the attention span of a gnat, and so <laughs> keeping that in mind, you know, we had to. Um, there's a lot of subtlety that you have to have when addressing these topics. Yeah. So, for instance. This is just one issue. We talk about how God created um, the, the verse in Malachi that talks about, you know, why did he make them one? Yeah. You know, male and female, why did he make them one? Well, it's mm-hmm. for godly offspring. Mm-hmm. And so Amen. procreation was a part of God's initial plan. Well, I don't feel that it's fair to say that without following the conversation up with, well, if you struggle with infertility, this doesn't mean that you're not made in the mm. image of God or mm, that you're not good. a part of God's yeah. plan. Right. And so even though that's just a small little caveat that we have to explain that, if you don't take that route, you know there's somebody watching the film that goes, well, what about me? Yeah. Like, you know, That's right. So we, we have a lot of those mm. little subtlety moments. For instance, another one. We talk about how the the power of the gospel um, can transform a life and can completely change you and how there's there is freedom in Christ. But Stephen Black talks about this does not necessarily mean that somebody who has struggled with same-sex attraction for 30-plus years, that they're not going to continue to have mm. those feelings and desires and to wrestle with that. It just means that the power of the Holy Spirit is going to help them to when they have those ungodly desires and urges to surrender that to Christ and to choose to live and walk in obedience. And mm-hmm. so we make that distinction that, you know what, God might not immediately zap you. you know, for some people, he does. For, mm-hmm. In Stephen Black's life, he did. Mm-hmm. But for many people, it's going to be a painful journey. And and yeah. that's what it means to be a Christian. And, and even though I cannot personally relate to having to bear that cross, we all as Christians have to bear a cross. That's right. mm-hmm. And so rather than being ashamed of asking our brothers and sisters who, who deal with same-sex attraction or sexual brokenness to, oh, this is too heavy of a thing for you to have to bear. Instead, we should link arms with them and say, let me cheer you on. I know it's hard, but don't give up. It's worth it. Yeah. It's yeah. worth it. You can find freedom in Christ. And and it's not about this life. It's not about your happiness. It's right. about eternity. Mm-hmm. And Amen. don't don't think about the here and now. Think about the forever. Mm, yeah, you know, one good. of the things that really stands out to me, even as you're talking and, and being well acquainted with Laura Perry's story and reading her book, um, is, is this, this sort of outcry that came from her. Even as she comes to Christ, there is this thought that I'm going to live as a man of God. Yes. Like there, <laughs> you, I, I love that, you know, all of this, the stories, the, these experiences are different. 
and they show us that the Lord is at work and he works as he wills. Mm -hmm. But there is one thing that is clear and that is consistent that he does transform lives. He really truly does change lives. And whether those desires are immediately gone or it's a process that kind of lingers where the Lord is working in you, um, this sanctification, which all of us, that's what the Lord is doing. Um, That's so evident and so clear in the film. All right, we're going to grab this break and we'll come back more with Kendra White. This is Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. Stay close. grateful for Kendra White. I'm grateful for Austin. I'm grateful for MD. I'm grateful for American Family Studios because Mm -hmm. they now go down in history as apologists. I mean, they have put together by God's grace and apologetic for human sexuality and sexual identity. And it's one of those things that we look back on in the history of the church and We've always kind of stood in awe of the apologists, those who were able to defend the faith. And and they come up with these ways that at the time was sort of like revolutionary. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, my goodness, that is right. And I feel like that's exactly what these guys have done with the film in his image. They have created um, a Christian apologetic for human sexuality and sexual identity. And um, man, I'm so grateful. The film is in his image. And Kendra White joins us to talk about this. She is the director of this film. After two years, after two years, apologizing for anybody who came to our office and found content up on our computer screen. (laughs) (laughs) So true. Sorry, guys, I'm working. I'm working. (laughs) I didn't think anything of it. You do not want to (laughs) know. I remember I I was telling Will how you were like, man, please tell Will I'm sorry he came over and I was working. And so I had stuff on the screen. Oh, man, there's some heavy content you have to weed through, but it's worth it to be able to shed light in the darkness. It really is. (laughs) I'm telling you. And so let's tell our listeners, because right now I know that um, every faithful believer is like, man, we really need these kinds of resources. Um, There's a craving and a desire Mm -hmm. for this information. So how can our listeners kind of get a jump start? I know that there's a pre-screening event that is happening in just a couple of days. Tell us a little bit more about that, Kendra. Yes. So so just to be clear, this is not the actual film. That We'll have okay. some sneak peek scenes from the film. Mm-hmm. It'll have a little sneak peek into some of the testimonies that are going to be in, in his image. It also has the filmmakers, myself, um, M.D. Perkins and Austin Brooks, talking about the spiritual warfare, some of the behind the scenes mm-hmm. of the making of this film, mm-hmm. some of the um, crazy could only be God-led things that have happened. Mm-hmm. And also um, talking about the need of why we're releasing this now. You know, we're we're trying to release this incredibly controversial film in the midst of a pandemic. And there's <laughs> so much news that's going on and people are hearing and um, are bombarded 
bombarded with yeah. messages. Yeah. And um, we, we had planned for a theatrical release this fall. And uh, with the virus, that's not looking promising. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so we are looking, you know, we debated, do we wait? Do we hold on to this? And we really feel that it's for such a time as this yeah. that God yeah. has laid this message on our heart and that people need it. So we're relying on your listeners, on AFR's listeners to help us get the word out. Um, there's a lot of censorship that is going on in this topic. So we honestly, yeah. there's a lot of doors that are closing to us, but we know that God told us to make this film. Mm. And so we're counting on the body of Christ to op- you know, open doors and to get this out. And so this this pre-show event is August 1st. You just go to inhisimage.movie and you give us your email and we'll send you a link to it. And it's 20 minutes of this behind the scenes, why this is so important and, and how you, you can um, get involved. <laughs> okay. So is there awesome. any word yet, and, and you can just tell me if it's not certain, is there any word yet on how or when people will be able to view the film in its entirety? Is that still being Yes, yeah, so that is this about? fall. We haven't decided on okay. an exact day, but probably looking um, early fall. Okay. Um, so yes, we want to get this word finalizing the DVDs and assets and all of that now. And we want to get it into homes and churches as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, we just feel that, um, I mean, we already, just from talking on the radio about it this week, are getting emails from people. When can I watch it? My daughter's struggling. Yep. I mean, it's, mm. it's, there is yep. a flood and torrent of people who really desire to have this. And, yeah. and thank you for the, <laughs> the word apologist kind of startled me at first. I was like, oh, oh I, don't, I don't know about that, <laughs> Miggy. I don't know about That's that. True. But when, when you realize that um, we are on the side of truth, yep. it doesn't matter if you have a PhD, if what no. you say is true mm. and what the other person says is a lie, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So what I have found on this topic is with just a little bit of preparation and digging into God's word, you can actually become an articulate, clear voice yes. in the middle of the chaos, mm-hmm. and it takes less than you think. And so I'm challenging our audience. This film is an hour, 43 minutes. Watch it. And in an hour and 43 minutes, you can learn to articulate things mm. yes. into the That's confusion. Good. That's, right. That's good. Yep. That's, That's exactly needed. right. And it flies. It flies mm-hmm. by. I mean, it doesn't, it, it could have, I mean, I'm not, you know, I, I obviously I didn't do any of the things that you, you did, but it could have gone on longer. Like, I mean, it's just, yes. it moves that quickly and it is that, you know, excuse the expression, fluid, but it really does just kind of flow from one topic to the next and it handles all of the nuances of those topics. And so, no, absolutely, you guys um, are providing and have provided um, a defense for the faith. Like this, (laughs) this is why we believe what we believe. And that, I mean, that by definition makes you an apologist. You're given a reason for the hope that lies within you, a reason for your claims and um and you're backing that up not just again not just with narrative um not only with scriptures although the scriptures are our supreme authority that's mm-hmm. i mean that's where we go back to but also the science yes. is not in contradiction to the Ooh. scriptures and, which is in fact yeah, the ahead. science that's coming out I, I didn't realize how many studies were already done before we started mm-hmm. working on this and how the even they have been twisted to to push a certain ideology, um, when you really look at, and, the, and you read these facts and you realize that people are more likely to commit suicide after having sex change surgery, mm-hmm. and you look at, okay, 
when we put people on hormones and then they go back and they do after stu- you know follow up studies to see how and and they're more depressed <laughs> at what point do you stop and and reevaluate the path that you are putting young children mm. on and this mm-hmm. is something that um, I had heard was happening, but mm-hmm. it wasn't until I started really researching yeah. this that I saw how demonic this is. And going into even the history of the the trans science, there is no science. It's it is absurd that they even use that word mm-hmm. for the really. It, I mean, it's um, it's twisted. And there's there's some videos that we debated whether or not to include in the in the film. It's an animation of just what is involved in some of these surgeries. And mm-hmm. and like I said, it, it's animation, but it's cringeworthy. And I yes. didn't want to include yes. it. I yeah. didn't. And yeah. I said, I don't. And I sent it to everybody in AFA. And I said, Do you guys think we need to include this? And they said, It's happening. And it's, it's happening, happening to minors. Mm. Yep. And people. Yep. This should make us angry righteously mm-hmm. angry mm-hmm. yeah that this is happening to children and um you know i that you talked about all the content that was on my screen over two years of researching this and it's yeah. it's heavy stuff that we don't like to think about and dwell on and i remember one night going home and speaking to my husband and he said hard day at work i said yeah <laughs> oh man and i was laying in bed that night and i could not get the face of these two faces of these two little boys that were drag queens and were dressed up in drag, mm-hmm. like eight and nine-year-old little boys, and I could not get their faces out of my head one night, and it just began to resonate in my heart that these are real people. Mm. That's right. And they That's really right. are being abused and lied to, and um, the church needs to speak out. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Man, you know, I think those are the types of moments that Christians need to have ongoingly and increasingly. And, and what I mean by that is I think we need to understand that there there are real people behind what seems to just be a battle. It mm-hmm. seems to just be a fight in culture. And I think if we just focus on the fight, um, and there's something to be said about that, I think we just focus on the fight then we can become bitter and and yes. we can lose our compassion. But I think when mm-hmm. you have the kinds of moments that you're talking about where you see children made in the image of God who are victims, they are victims, whether that's at the hands of their parents or the hands of a rebellious culture that's mm-hmm. normalized sin and wickedness and depravity, we're still talking about victims. And I think that's sort of the mark that um, that this documentary hits that I think is consistent throughout the film. Well, there's yeah. a line in the film that, that yeah, Stephen Black says that he says, for every person that you see that's an angry person at a gay pride parade, yes. there's a child behind that. Yep. Mm. They were a child and what that's happened right. to them. Mm. And one of the things that has stood out to me from interviewing uh, all of the testimonies in this film aren't just individuals, but they represent ministries that seek to help people and have been doing this for years, right? Mm-hmm. So Stephen has been in this ministry for 30 years. Yep. And from uh, Stephen, Walt, and Denise, I asked them all a, 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 the same question. You know, what is the connection between abuse um, and the LGBT, you know, identities? And every single one of them said there is a strong connection. One person said it's 100%. It, that it's, it's always either a physical or an emotional abuse. One said 90, 90 plus percent. 
And just for me personally, the stories that I've interviewed, um, there is a lot of darkness and abuse Mm -hmm. that is connected to this issue. And when you really dig into it as a believer, it changes your perspective of, oh, this is an ugly, awful sin. And yuck, I don't really want to tackle that topic Mm -hmm. to compassion of, you know, these are people made in the image of God who have not been treated as being made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. 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 I'm wondering, um, and you may have touched on this a little bit, so it's okay if we double back to it, but I'm, I'm wondering if there are um, maybe specific moments in working on this for the last two years, Kendra, where you, there was a, there was a change in you personally, like, is there a Kendra before in his image and a Kendra after in his image that's the direct result of all of the information kind of culminating in this film, or maybe even just one piece. Oh, certainly. There were lots of little moments. I think one going into all of the science, that was huge for me when mm-hmm. I, I remember I had a moment where I was like, somebody needs to do something about this and speak out about it. Like, you're, you're making a documentary. It's okay. Like some, you're, you're going to get the message out about this. Yeah. You know, but it, it raises that... Um, that war cry in you to want to see hmm. scripture says that we're supposed to speak out for those who cannot speak for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a dream actually one night while making this film. Um, and it was, I, sometimes I dream in movies. It's kind of crazy, but it was a commercial. <laughs> and at the end of, and I saw all these people who were just terrified and could not scream and couldn't even articulate what they were mm. feeling. And at the end, it cut to a slate that said, speak out for those who cannot speak for themselves. Wow. And wow. I looked it up and I was like, oh, this is a scripture. This is in Proverbs. <laughs> this is actually, like, I didn't even know I knew that scripture. Like, I don't know if my subconscious heard that somewhere or if the Holy Spirit just wanted mm. to draw my attention to this verse. But, um, you know, that, that was a key moment for me. I think hearing the testimonies that are included in the film when we our team went to interview Stephen Black and Laura Perry um and that was all in one trip and I remember a time we just turned off the cameras and the audio devices and we looked at each other and we're like we had like we have something wow Mm. wow Wow. it's Mm -hmm. it's hard when you see the the transformative power of the gospel in a person's life um, it changes you. It's not even your story, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it changes you. And once, um, so that that was another key moment for me. Awesome. We've only got about a minute and a half. I'm just, I'm wondering, I do want to know about the the wanderer in yes. the film, like the person who we kind of go on this journey with and is also journaling. Um, how did you come up with that concept? Well, you know, uh, so so the, the movie starts off with this woman who's in the woods and she represents everyone who is the audience that has these questions. And as she writes mm-hmm. them in her journal, um, she eventually comes to a point of conclusion, right? So she has all these questions. She's wrestling with these things. But in the end, she closes her Bible. She nods her head as if she has come to the answer of, I need to submit to what God's word says on this. And she moves on. And um, I wanted a way to visually show the journey that, so many of us go on because yeah. God is not, he is not intimidated by your questions. That's and right. some of That's you that so are listening good. right now, you wonder how can a good God allow somebody to have same, I mean, they didn't ask for this, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't, they didn't want this abuse, but they've come to this place in their life and they're wrestling. Do you want them to be single forever? Are they never supposed to get married? Are they not supposed to have families? Are they not supposed to be happy? 
And I'll be honest with you, Mickey, I asked these questions making this film. And maybe, mm. maybe part of the reason why it has a compassionate approach is because I understand those questions. Mm -hmm. Those are difficult things, but we can clearly find those answers in Scripture. I feel completely convinced that there is an answer in God's Word. Amen. Well, I, Amen. I will just tell you, I'm so grateful. Will the Great and I are so grateful for the work that um, the AFF, AFS team has put into this. And I will tell you, as this is chronicled in the history of the church, this looks like faithfulness. This looks Amen. like contending for the faith. This looks like holding the line. And we really appreciate the work that you guys have done. In his image movie is where you can go to learn more about it and be a part of like a pre-screening sort of like yes, August event. one, come watch it. August one. <laughs> <laughs> so go to in his image movie to learn more about that. We're out of time until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless. <laughs>